Teaching Ministry of Pastor Taiwo Udukoya, the Senior Pastor of the Founding of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you're about to hear will no doubt shapen your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Shall we begin today's sermon with a prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for bringing us this far in this service. Thank you for what you've already done, for which we are grateful, and thank you for what you're about to do. We believe you so much that we know that testimonies are already beginning to come. So take all the glory here today in the name of Jesus. Let there be deliverance of Mount Zion. Let bodies be healed. Let souls be saved. Let some who are wandering be restored today. And we promise you all the glory will be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Last Thursday, we continued in a series, casting your burden upon him for he cares about you. And our main scripture, you know, we took from 1 Peter chapter 5 from verses 7 and 8. I want to continue, but this time around, I just want to zero in on one scripture there. Looking at this topic, we looked at the ability of God, and we tagged that particular message, God is able. Our opening scripture was Genesis chapter 18, of course, in verse 14. We are God as the question of Abraham and Sarah, where she laughed. When God said to them, this time next year, I will return and you will be holding your baby. You, Sarah, your wife, will be holding her son. And Avon has that question, I said to them, is anything, Genesis chapter 18, verse 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you. According to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Before we go deep into this, can I quickly tell someone in the name of Jesus, your appointed time is here, and you will have your breakthrough in the name of Jesus. If you are believing God for a son, like God said, the appointed time is knocking. And we will hear your testimony in the name of Jesus. You will carry your own baby in Jesus' name. I want to pose that question to all of us today. That is there any situation in your life? Is there any time in one's life where God is not able? And so is anything too difficult or too hard for the Lord? And in considering this, I want to look at it in three areas. Is there any prayer that God cannot answer? Is there any promise God cannot keep? Is there any situation God cannot turn around? First, is there any prayer, really? Let's get the Bible to answer these questions for us. Though we're not told exactly how Abraham and Sarah responded, but later in the epistle of Paul to the Romans, it led us into exactly what happened. And we're concluding with that by God's grace. Is there any prayer that God cannot answer? Hmm. The first that came to mind is Paul and Silas. 
in Acts chapter 16. You know the story. I will not belabor you with too much of that. They had been wrongfully arrested, wrongfully convicted, wrongfully jailed, beaten so badly that their clothes were torn, their flesh were torn, they bled profusely from the back and from all over their body. And then they were put feet and arms in stocks and in the dungeon. In Acts 16.25, we're told that Paul and Silas prayed and they sang praises and all the prisoners were hearing them. So even in a strange land, wrongfully arrested, wrongfully convicted, wrongfully jailed, only God knew what next would happen to them. But we were told that at midnight, Paul and Silas, reflecting over the day, still had enough to thank God for. So they prayed. They thanked God. They sang praises. And they prayed. And we shall thank God for the day and commit their current situation to God. The Bible said, out of that tomb, God answered. He answered with an earthquake. So much so that all chains, remember we, we talked about it before, were broken and all doors were flung open. They were set free. That the captivity now became the captive. Their God became their prisoner, so to say. There is no prayer that God cannot answer. Do you remember we were talking about prayers too? We talked about the prayer of Jonah in Jonah chapter 2. That even in the belly of the fish, in the belly of the sea, he prayed. God heard. Is there any prayer too hard for God to answer? No, God will answer. Esther, where it had never happened before, appearing before the king without an invitation, his death sentence straight away. They pushed to the wall. He said, please pray for me. And she declared, if I die, I die. If I perish, I perish. And she appeared. God answered the prayer. He can only ask you, is there any prayer too hard for God to answer? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I'm putting to someone right now. The answers to your many years of prayers is now being answered. God is still in the habit of answering prayers. Remember what he said in Jeremiah 33, which we considered some weeks back? He said, you call unto me, I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Great and mighty things which you do not know. Is there any prayer too hard for God to answer? One more. Remember Anna? Again, we, I mean, we mentioned that before in our previous sermons. Anna went praying. So much so that the priest even mistook her for a drunken woman. But God answered that prayer. But the following year, she was carrying a son. So I'm still putting it to you. Is there any prayer that God cannot answer? I know you are getting convinced right now. And you are seeing in your heart, 
there is no prayer God cannot answer. And I quite agree with you. And I decree over your life and situation that God indeed is answering your prayers. And this time, next year, in the name of Jesus, you'll have a testimony. Did you hear me? You will have something to praise God for concerning your situation. In the name of Jesus. God is still in the habit of answering prayers. Hear this, which of course happens to be our promise for this week at the Fountain of Life Church. The psalmist was talking of God. Talking about his character. And his attitude towards our prayers. He says in Psalm 65, verse 5. You answer our prayers with amazing wonders and with awe-inspiring display of powers. You are the righteous God who helps us like a father and everyone everywhere looks to you for you are the confidence of all the earth, even to the farthest island of the sea. It's a prayer answering God. So I put it to you again. Is there any prayer? too hard for God to answer, he will speedily answer you in the name of Jesus. Let me go to the second point. My second point is this. Is there any promise too difficult for God to fulfill? Is there any of his promise too difficult to fulfill? He said to Abraham and Sarah, I will give you a son. I will make you a father of nations. I mean, in you all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And he was talking to a barren woman. Those who thought it would never happen again in their lives. So that was a promise when they thought it was not possible. And so he now begs the question, is there any promise too hard for God to fulfill? And that will explain why Sarai will laugh when 24 years later, God was saying, this time next year, you will carry a son. Mm. But he did it. Hear what he says in the book of Numbers in chapter 23, in verse 19. I read, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said it? Will he not do it? Or has he spoken? And will you not make it good? Please hear me. When we begin to doubt if he will fulfill his promise, we are equating him to man. It's a kind of disrespect to him. Honestly, it dishonors him. He is not a man. If God will dare make a promise, he will do it. It does not matter whether it's a year or a thousand years. He will do what he says he will do. So if God ever made a promise to you, be assured he will do it. Hallelujah. It's not a man that he should lie. Concerning his promise, we're told in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, in verse 20, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. And that was what Paul was saying is this. If God ever promised it, uh, it is yes. It is done. He will fulfill it. Amen means so let it be. So what God has said is going to be. What God has said is going to be a yes. God does not say yes and no. So if God promised you, he will do it. Remember, he was just a child at home 
when he was showing him in the visions that you're going to rule. You're going to rule even your brethren. Even the sun and the moon will bow to you. To little boy Joseph. He did it. Even after so many troubles and troubles and troubles, he did it. When God promises, he does it. So the question, is there any promise too difficult for God to fulfill? No. What he says he will do, he will do. He said to the children of Israel, when they were still slaves in Egypt, he said, I'm taking you out and I'm giving you a land for him with milk and honey. He got them to the promised land except for those who didn't believe in themselves, who didn't believe that God can give them what he said he would give them, who didn't believe that God can make them what he said he will make them. So the problem was never with God. Remember, it was this same God that spoke to Abraham years before Isaac was born and said, hey, to assure you that I'll fulfill my promise. You see, your descendants will be many. In fact, they'll be slaves in a foreign land for 400 plus years. And thereafter, I will set them free and I'll bring them to this land. Isaac wasn't born. He fulfilled it. They became so many, they became the leading race in Egypt. So much so that the Egyptians began to envy them and began to subject them to some heavy torture, made them slaves. May God still fulfill this promise. So no matter how gruesome, no matter how horrible the picture in may be today, you are coming out in the name of Jesus. No matter how tough it is, if God has promised, he will do it. People do hear God. You have the capacity to hear God. But if for any reason you think you don't hear him, go read his word. A thousand and one promises here for you. Somebody says, not everything in the Bible, that God says in the Bible, he's saying to me, but everything he's saying in the Bible, he's saying for me and for my sake. So he says that to me or for my sake. So they are for me. And if that be the case, they fall into categories of promises. And so God will bring to pass what he has promised me that he will do for me. Glory be to God in the highest. Somebody say, is it that easy? Of course it's easy. You think God will leave you confused? That's why God will give you the know-how to get what is yours in the Bible. You say how? By faith. What does faith mean? Believe him. Don't doubt him. Trust him enough to be able to do what he says he will do. That's why this question is coming up at all. Is there anything too difficult? Is there any prayer? If he wants me to pray, why won't he answer me? Right? If he promised me something, why wouldn't they do it? I'm even reminded right now of Jesus talking about you asking and getting. Matthew chapter 7. In concluding that segment, he said, if you were a man knows how to give good gifts to your son, to your daughter. Come on, what makes you think your heavenly father will not give good things to those who ask him? Again, is there any prayer too difficult that God cannot answer? If he answered Noah, if he answered Jonah, if he answered Anna, he answered Paul, he answered Jesus, he answered Peter, and if he has ever answered Tyro, and the honest he has, he will answer you in the name of Jesus. I feel the fire. Somebody's breakthrough is just beginning in the name of Jesus. We are serving the living God, the maker of heaven and earth, the one who never fails in anything he sets out to do. And whatever he sets out to do, he completes. 
That's why Paul will say, confident of this one thing, that he who started this good work in you will perfect it not to the coming of the Lord. That's a promise for you. You think God will set you up to fail? If he started you up, he will make sure that you finish well. You will finish well in the name of Jesus. Now, that brings me to the third point. Is there any situation too hard for God to turn around? Listen, he turned around the situation of Abraham and Sarah. He made them the father of nations. He turned around the situation of Isaac in farming. He turned around the captivity of Paul and Silas. He turned around the captivity of Jonah in the belly's fish. And guess what? He vomited him into the place of assignment. Is there any situation too hard? He turned Saul, the hardened criminal, persecuting and destroying the church into uh, not just a saint, an apostle ready to die for the same gospel. Is there any situation too hard for God? The situation is nothing to God. I remember in the story of the king that was going to battle with another king and suddenly everything was dry. He said, no, but this is about a little thing to God. And he had to say to them, he said, hey, through the prophet, Elisha said, you may not see the cloud. In fact, you won't see the cloud. You won't see the rain. But your valley shall be filled with water, so much so that you have enough to drink. And of animals, we have enough to drink. In other words, the battle is a done deal. The patterns expected to be revealed before the breakthrough, you won't even see them. But you are getting a breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Is there anything too difficult for God? Is there any situation too difficult for him to turn around? Think about it. COVID, COVID, COVID. Very soon, it will become history. And many, many, many testimonies will be written about this time. And many, many, many inventions will have been made. And many heroes will be born. Is there anything or any situation too difficult for God to turn around? I'm talking to a hero right now. Your situation will not be different. God is turning around the situation. Hear what the psalmist says in Psalm 126. Talking about the character of God when it comes to things like this. He says, when the Lord turned again or brought back the captivity of Zion, were like those who dream. I'm talking to someone here right now in the name of Jesus. You will pinch yourself to assure yourself that, hey, this is not a dream. Things are turned around for you in the name of Jesus. He said, then our mouth was filled with laughter. You will laugh again in Jesus' name. I thought we're singing. There will be sound of singing and rejoicing again in this same place, which that will look like a grave in the name of Jesus. They said, they're among the nations. The Lord has done great things for them. I said, the time of your testimony has come. The whole of Gera never stopped talking about Isaac. They didn't just talk. They became envious. But they couldn't stop him. Their talking couldn't stop him. Their envy couldn't stop him. He continued to be great. 
And what they say, the Lord has grown a great thing for us. Yes, and we are glad. I say it's time for you to rejoice. Hallelujah. Begin to rejoice from now. That's why the Bible says, count it all joy before the diverse trials. Because you are going to join to greater joy in the name of Jesus. Is there anything too hard for God? Now, in concluding this thing, we're not told exactly how what the immediate behavior of Sarah was, at least not in the book of Genesis. But we find in the book of Romans in chapter 4, when Paul was referring to what happened there, and I'll read as quickly as I can. Romans chapter 4. I'll read from verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, that is, whom Abraham believed. God, who gives life to the dead and call those things which do not exist as though they did. So when God was saying to them, why did you laugh? Why did Sarah laugh? I didn't get into any argument and said, look, listen, I will return. This time next year, according to the seasons of life, you will be holding your child. And that was it. Now what happened? He said, and Paul was telling us, said, the one who was speaking is the creator. He had the power. He still has the power. If we ever have the power to call the things we be not as though they were. Things that are yet to be as though they have already existed. He's the creator. Good. I'm trying to show you what happened to determine what played out from there. Verse 18. Who contrary to hope, that is, Abraham, in hope believed, so that he then became the father of nations. So he got registered in his heart that, hey, God created the earth from nothing. He called them to be. So if he says your wife will carry a child, he will call it to be. So if God says it, believe it. Hallelujah. So he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. He says, so shall descendants be. 19. And being not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. Now you can begin to see their attitude to what happened that day when that question was asked, is there anything too difficult for God? From that moment, it came to life in them that this is the creator. He called everything to be. He can call anything to be. And I'm saying to you today, he can call anything to be. He can call the non-existence in your life into existence now. Glory be to God in the highest. And with that understanding, the Bible says of them in verse 19, not being weak in faith, Abraham did not consider his own body already dead. He had enough proof to doubt God. But he knew that God can call anything to be. The body was dead. Uh-uh. Dead body will bring about strong, agile man and nations. Because God can make anything be when he wants. He did not consider his own body already dead. He was about a hundred years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. You know something that never ceases to amaze me. After God spoke to them, the immediate happening, or what immediately followed, was that they went together. And Abraham told Sarai, please, I don't want to die. You're such a pretty woman. Tell them, I'm your brother. You're my sister. Wait a minute. That was 
age 89, 99. An 89-year-old woman. And the king went after an 89-year-old woman. God indeed can call what does not exist into existence at any time. And the amazing thing was this. Suppose the king has slept with her. Then we'll be questioning today. No, it wasn't him. It was him. It wasn't Father Abraham. It was this. But guess what? God said to the king in a dream, he said, you're a dead man. That's the man's wife you, are, you have in your palace. The man said, no, no, I'm a righteous man. I didn't do it intentionally. They both told me that they are brother and sister. God said, and that's why, out of the integrity of your heart, I have prevented you from sleeping with her. See, when God promises you, he guards his words. He will make sure that his words are not polluted. He will make sure that the devil cannot stop it. He will make sure that he drives from his point and he brings to pass what he has said he will do. It was thereafter, God told him, he said, ask Abraham, he's a prophet, to pray for you. He prayed for him. That was when his wives could get conceived. That was when his animals could get conceived. From the moment Sarah got into it, God sealed their womb. God made his manhood useless. He could not sleep. But the moment he came to tell me the fact that, hey, this is special, this is God. And Sarah was released. And Abraham prayed for them. Is that in the prayer God cannot answer? They all began to be fruitful. The man gave gifts to them and even said to Sarah, Look, I didn't know. And look, I've given all these gifts to your husband to make up for my mistake of trying to even bring you into marriage. They left Richard and they got there. It was after that the conception happened. And here, what Paul concluded here, verse 20. He did not waver at the promise of God. But Pastor, he released them. No, no, it wasn't because he was doubting. It was because he thought he would die on account of his sister. He wasn't doubting God. It's, it's all the same principle of you doubting God using you to be. Like Sarah was in me as old. My husband as old. So usually our doubt usually is not on God's ability. It's on our own ability to catch up with God's ability. And I speak to you in the name of Jesus. Whatever is hindering your faith, I cancel it in Jesus' name. I release the power of revelation into your spirit, man. I said, let the eyes of your inner man indeed be open. Let you begin to see things the way God sees it concerning you and concerning himself. I'm expecting your testimonies. Cast your bodies on him. He cares for you. Is there anything to do with the of God? Absolutely nothing. You are a special tool in the hand of God. You are a special child of God. God loves you so much, like we said last time, and the Bible says it. In fact, you are like the apple of his eyes. He watches jealously over you, like he did for Isaac and Gerah, like he did for Abraham and Isaac and Gerah, protecting his wife from being seized, and then, of course, bringing about what he promised him. God is out to do the same thing for you. He's still a loving God. He can be trusted. He is dependable. You want to take advantage of what you have in him today? You are a child. You are a son in the house. You are an heir of God. The Bible says you are joint heirs with Christ. You have access. If you agree with me, let me pray with you. Father, answer their prayers in Jesus' name. Strengthen their faith in the name of Jesus. Open every short door to them in Jesus' name. 
renew their strength in you in the name of Jesus. Fire them up in their inner man by your spirit, not according to man's ability, but according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. All the glory and all the praises will continuously be yours in Jesus' name. Now before I go, I want to pray for the peace of your home. It gives his beloved sweet sleep, the Bible says. May your sleep be sweet every night. May you be fully rested when you go to bed. I come against the spirit of insomnia or the, 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 the sickness of insomnia. I speak peace to your heart. I speak peace to your home. I speak peace to your marriage in Jesus' name. I come against the spirit of worry and anxiety in the name of Jesus. I speak joy to your home in Jesus' name and joy particularly to your heart in the name of Jesus. It is well with you and your household. Remain blessed in Jesus' name. Is there anything too hard for God? Mm -mm, nothing. Come boldly to his throne of grace. To obtain mercy and find grace in times of need. It's all yours. God bless you. Until next Thursday, when we meet again on this platform, please don't hold back. Enjoy the bountifulness of the Lord. Enjoy the blessings of God. Enjoy the presence of God. In Jesus' name, amen. We know that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Taiwo Odukoya, please contact us at the Founding of Life Church, 12 Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries of Town Planning Way in Lupeju, Lagos. P.O. Box 698, Shemolu, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you and God bless you. Thank you.